Good morning, let's uh, pray. Father, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for your love. And we pray that what we hear from your word will move us to respond to that love. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Sunday when everyone looks ahead and sees that there's a talk on giving is nicknamed Stay Away Sunday. Uh, But you've come either because you forgot or because you're very brave, um, but either way you're here and that's uh, really good. And actually, I'm not going to be asking for any uh, money this morning uh, in one sense. But we'll explain that as we go on. But it's funny that money is something that we struggle to talk about in church, I think. And actually, sermons on money uh, don't happen often enough. In fact, actually, 16 of the 38 parables that Jesus taught were about money. And one in every 10 verses in the whole of the Gospels is about money. So it's something that Jesus had uh, very high on his agenda because he knows both the good and the bad that money can do. Uh, Money is one of those things that is possibly one of the most misquoted passages of the Bible that says that that money is the root of all evil. That's not true. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Uh, And it's something that we struggle to talk about, and particularly in church. And I think it's because many vicars feel a little bit shameful that, oh, now here's the church asking for money again. Uh, I'm never ashamed to do that, and I'll explain why a little bit later. But money is something that has been a struggle in my own life, something I have struggled with on a very personal level. Uh, When I was a student, uh, I got into debt, as many students, I think, do. I think it's hard to be a student these days and not get into debt. And uh, when Lindsay and I married and we put all our accounts together, we worked incredibly hard uh, to get out of that debt. Uh, It was very hard work for a number of years, and we had to be very frugal with what we were doing, uh, and we had to be very disciplined throughout that time, and it was a tough thing. But before uh, we went to Trinity College, uh, we were able to go uh, debt-free, and since then, uh, I've had an occasional grip of fear around debt of getting back to that place. As a result, for most of my Christian life, giving has not played a part. It's something that I didn't consider. It's something that I struggle with, uh, and I'll explain why in a little bit. But I think God was on my case with this. When I was at St. Luke's uh, uh, in Brighton, uh, part of my job as the worship pastor was uh, once every six weeks uh, to go to visit another church, to get to know another worship leader, to see how other churches do things, and to have a bit of a Sunday off. No matter what church I went to, no matter what Sunday of the month it was, I always landed on their giving Sunday. <laughs> Uh, without fail, actually. And one church I went to twice in the space of a year, and both times they were asking for money for various things. And in that time, I learned a lot of things. Some of them really helpful, some of them really not helpful. Some things made me feel very guilty, uh, some things made me feel very released. There was one point, particularly, I remember someone preaching for the first time ever on about giving in relation to debt. And that if you are in debt, that actually tithing is a very difficult thing because the money you have doesn't belong to you. It actually belongs to the people you owe it to. So should you really give if you are in debt? Or should you clear your debts first and then consider giving? And that was, for me at the time, uh, tremendously helpful, uh, a very good thing uh, to think through and to consider. 
But ultimately, I knew and God knew that for me, money was an issue of surrender. That it was a part of my life I had not surrendered to God. I hadn't given it over to him. I wanted to be in control of my money. I wanted to make sure that I got us out of debt. I wanted to make sure that when we were out of debt, I kept us out of debt. And I wanted to have that control. And if I was to give, then I would lose that bit of control. Because that money is money we need in order to stay out of debt. And it was something that I struggled with for many years. Until it came to a point where I felt a huge desire to surrender. And for the first time in my life, I began tithing. And the freedom I found in my relationship with that God was incredible. Because I suddenly saw I could trust him with my money. That I could tithe and we would still be okay. That I would give and still have what I need. That if uh, I make my priorities right, then it's all good. Because God is good. And I can't outgive him because he's far better at this thing than I am. I find that actually he's far better at giving than any of us are. <laughs> so giving for me was an issue of surrender. And it's not for everybody, but for me it really was. So the question is then, if we are surrendered and we want to give, we then think, well, how much should we give? Uh, well, uh, the passage in Deuteronomy, as well as many other passages, always suggests a tenth or 10% of your income. And then people question, well, is that before or after tax? Uh, is that before or after bills? Is it before and after certain things? And I think in a way we've got our focus in the wrong place when we ask that question because the focus is not on the 10%. In Deuteronomy, it's speaking obviously not about money, but about the harvest and, and giving of the fruits that you have labored to people who are in need, uh, to people who uh, have less than you, and it's an issue of justice. But the key is not in the 10%. The key is in the word first. Give of your first fruits. Give God your first and your best. The thing I've come to find, and this again was a journey for me, is that what goes out of your bank account on the first of the month says something about what your priorities are. And for a while for me, my giving, when I did finally give over and start giving my tithe, went out on the 25th of the month. Because I always knew if we got into trouble, I could just cancel it for that month. That's not giving God my first because giving God my first does a number of things. One is it shows he's worth it, that he is worthy of at least my first, if not more. He's worthy of our best and our everything. And also it means it shows that we trust him with the rest. That if we give him our first, we trust him with the rest. We trust him for the rest of the month. We trust him with the rest of what we have. See, God may call you to give more than 10%, so I don't think we should ever be restrictive on 10%. But the key is in the first, is giving a priority in your discipleship. So if we're giving surrendered, and if we're giving our first fruits, then the question is, what's our motive? Well, our motive should always be, I think, a response to his love. And our giving should always be led by the Spirit. We have to ask, what should we give to 
And that is a good question to ask, and we'll come to the church in a minute. But I think our giving should always be led by him. Always seeking him for what he wants us to be giving to, to what's on his heart for us, for what's on our heart for him. Uh, The passage we had in Hebrews talks about making us complete in everything good. And I think our giving is part of that everything good. When you read about the New Testament church, you read about how they shared everything so that nobody was in need. Everybody had what they needed. And there was a culture around giving there that was about giving to bless other people because it was being led from this place of sheer love and response to all that God had done for them in Jesus. And wanting to share that love with one another. So then what should we give to? As I said, there is a tendency for vicars to be ashamed about asking for money for the church. And there's a culture that thinks, oh, here's the church asking for money again to fix their leaky roof or uh, to pay for that vicar's pension or whatever it may be. But here's what I think about giving to the church. And I've said this before and I won't be ashamed to say it again. The church is still God's plan A to save the world. That's how he wants the good news of Jesus to be spread, through his church, so that all can be saved. And so when we give to the church, we are directly funding that very mission. We are directly giving to the most important mission in the world. There are so many good things we could give to, and perhaps you should give to. I'm not going to tell people what to give to or what not to give to. But the RSPCA, for example, as good as it is, founded on Christian principles by my hero William Wilberforce, an amazing man of God who did amazing things, and the RSPCA was one of them, is a good thing, but is not God's plan to save the world. Some of the other aid agencies are good things and they will alleviate suffering and they will improve the symptoms of a broken and fallen world. But they are not God's plan to save it. The church is. Now the church will get it wrong sometimes. You will give money to the church and they will perhaps make wrong decisions. But whether you are giving money to the diocese, whether you're giving money to this church so that we can light it and heat it or whatever it may be, you are giving directly to the mission of God on earth to see that everybody is saved. When you give to the church, you're funding every alpha course in the country that could possibly happen because you're funding the churches that make it happen. Same for marriage preparation, family courses, things that keep the church functioning. I have no shame in saying that this church, as any church, needs your money. Because without your money, that mission will be far less effective. And every penny you give funds that directly. So I think it's a worthy cause, personally. If it means more people will be saved, I want to give to that. If it means more people will grow in their love for Jesus, I want to give to that. If it means that uh, this nation falls back unto the head of Jesus once again, then I want to give to that. And I think it's a priority of my giving. And there are other things that I will give to too, as led by God. So I'm not going to ask you to up your giving this week, but I'm going to ask you to pray about whether God is asking you to up your giving this week. Uh, Because if I ask you, it's pointless. But if it comes from him, then hopefully you'll be more obedient and more responsive to what he's calling you to do. But I also don't want you to be limited um, to what you give to and how you give and how much you give. 
And I want to ask this question. And this is a, assuming something for some people, but not for others I know, because for some people this is already the case. But I want to ask if your giving would look any different if it was spirit-led rather than obligation-led. Because the reality I find in most of the churches I've been to is that there's a huge percentage of people who give because it's what we should do. Who give because we're told to and we're encouraged to and it makes us good Christians in inverted commas. And we give the 10% because that's what people say we should give. And we give to this particular thing because it feels right to give. But rather, what if you were to ask God at every turn, what should I be giving to this month? What should I give to today? What, how much should I give? If, you, if God uh, asked you to give sacrificially at any point, do you trust him enough to provide? Uh, to give just another uh, personal story in this, uh, a couple of years ago when we were doing the building project at St. Andrew's, uh, God did call me to do that very thing and to give above and beyond what we could possibly afford. Uh, and it would have put us into my fear zone. It would have put us into debt had God not come through. And I wrestle with that for days and weeks, actually, beforehand, uh, on my knees before God, just saying, God, I don't mind doing this as long as it's you. <laughs> as long as I've got this right and it's you, I don't mind doing this. And uh, Lindsay and I discussed it, and we did. And I'm not saying this to say, aren't we great givers? I'm saying this to say that God came through. Big time he came through. Because the call was from him and not from the vicar. <laughs> And the, the call to give sacrificially came from him and not from somebody else. And therefore he was good and he was faithful to provide. And I can't even say that he explained miraculously, uh, provided miraculously. There wasn't suddenly a check of the same amount on my door the next day. That's what I was expecting. But somehow, at the end of the month, we hadn't gone into overdraft. And I even looked through the statement and I couldn't really see how it happened, but it happened. We were fine. But we don't give so that God will bless us in return, knowing that he's good and he will give double, triple fold, and that's the kind of thing. That's not our motive for giving. Our motive for giving is because we love him, because he's worth it, because he deserves it, because everything is his anyway, and we trust him entirely with everything we have. So I want to ask you, do you dare to ask God what he wants you to give before you give do you dare to go to him and say am I giving enough do you dare to go to him and say am I giving to the right things God because he may want to change your mind on some of those things <laughs> but if he does you know that what he's doing is good and if it's difficult for you then you know it's an area of surrender to pray about maybe to share with somebody else maybe to talk to somebody else about uh, because it's something that has a hold. Because I have found, and I'm not standing here as a perfect finished article who finds giving easy all the time, but I have found that when I do step out of that comfort zone and when I do surrender, God has always been faithful. Every single time without fail. And I'm not saying about being, this isn't about being reckless with your money. This isn't about being careless with the things that God has given you. We do have to be good stewards of what God has given us. But it's about knowing that he deserves our first fruits. And more if he calls you to it. 
because he is so good and so worthy. So giving is not motivated by guilt. It's motivated by a response to incredible love. And it's led by his spirit so that we're giving to what's on his heart for that moment. Can I invite you just to stand for a moment? So I want you to just think about uh, maybe what you give to already if you give to anything. Uh, And if you don't give, then uh, we'll do something else in a minute. But if you're already giving to things, maybe it's to church, maybe it's to charities, maybe it's to an individual, whatever it may be. Just in this moment, just first of all, just to ask God, am I giving enough? You may not have a direct answer right now, but it's good to be asking the question at least. And then I want to encourage you through the week to ask God um, each day, perhaps, am I giving to the right things? And if you don't, give at all to anything then ask God why is it I don't give and if you're here this morning and you are in debt and that money for you is a real struggle and actually a place of pain and fear and worry Let me just pray, Holy Spirit, for those people this morning, would you remove all shame? Would you remove fear? Would you increase trust? Would you raise up people around these people who can help them if they need it? And would you help them to see that with you, there is a way to be debt free. And we thank you that in all of this, none of us can give better than you do. So we thank you for everything that you have given to us and that you always give to us. And may our giving always be in response to that truth. In Jesus' name. Amen.